Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Very quickly, we head into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I asked you about Miko Koskin and how would you handle the situation? Cam in Red Deer, not Cam Moon, but Cam in Red Deer says, the real Cam in Red Deer, I'm told. Bob, the Oilers need to get Koski back in that right away. Back on the horse, that's an unfortunate outing, but he's better than that. Anita says four shots on four goals, terrible. Miko had a bad night. He also has had some really solid games. However, Smith has recently had some tough nights as well. I say throw him back in there on Saturday and let him redeem himself. If he plays poorly again, then look to Staylock. I, I don't see Staylock just as an FII being an option. Uh-huh. Uh, Bob, does Miko or the team have player performance coaches? Sure seems like uh, like a lot of us were our own uh, nemesis. He needs somebody in his ear to make sure that he stays on the positive side. That one is from IMAC. Without further ado, for the River Cree Resort and Casino, we welcome back to the show one of the most plugged-in men in the business. This is going to be a wide-ranging conversation from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Elliot Friedman. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm good, Mr. Stoffer. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. We had a unique experience, something that hadn't happened in the league in 30 years last night. A guy gave up four goals on four shots. First two weren't on him. The third and fourth was. And you know what? That's that's why they play the game, Elliot. You never know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I do know what they're saying. Yes, it was. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I still thought Edmonton was going to come back and win that game last night. When it was 4-2, to two, yeah, I thought the Oilers were going to win, but you know, obviously, it was not their night. Uh, those sort of things happen once in a while. Connor McDavid limited to three assists last night. He's only got 27 points over his last 10 games. This text comes to us from Andrew Cito in Nelson, BC, Elliot, which is where a lot of Americans went to hide so they wouldn't get drafted into the Vietnam War. And uh, there, uh, okay. There, and there's there's a lot of there was a lot of growing that took place there until everything got legalized, if you know what I'm saying. Anyhow, I digress. Uh, Andrew Cito says, "Can you please ask Elliot Friedman if there's still Toronto media that are going to vote Matthews for the heart ahead of Connor McDavid? McDavid has more assists than Matthews has points. What a joke if they do that." Uh, what do you, would you say to that? Uh, do you think not only do I think we're uh, not only do I think that we're going to vote for Matthews, but I think we're going to vote him for all five positions. And then <laughs> I think what we're going to do is we're going to ruin the whole hard voting. We're not even going to put McDavid in the top five. How about that? Oh, Elliot, you there in 2017-18. I uh, remember, remember David had won the MVP in 1670. Yeah. There was a writer in Colorado who did not vote for Connor McDavid in his top five. Edmonton played Colorado three times that season, and Connor McDavid was the first star in all three games. I'm well, not don't quite... forget. Don't forget. Wasn't there? 
Wasn't there a situation in 2002 where one of the reasons Jose Theodore won the Hart Trophy was because someone left a Ginla off their ballot? Right. Yeah. And I, I remember it happened in Major League Baseball where I think Pedro Martinez did not win MVP because someone, one or two writers left him off their ballot because they didn't think pitchers should qualify for the MVP. Like, there's weird stuff that happens like this. He's I winning think, the Hart Trophy this year, isn't he, McDavid? Oh, yeah. He like you know like like I I I just wanted to have fun with the question. Look, he's 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 first on my ballot, and in, and you know I'll tell you this: if Matthews had played uh, all the games, I think it would be interesting. But I look, McDavid's first on my ballot. He just is. Yeah, it's uh, he's he's on quite the run uh, recently. I think you guys. I'm just trying to find the tweet here from you. Uh, I believe he's at 17 three or more plus point games this year, and since 0506, the high is 18 in a season, and he's at 17 and he's played 52 games. Would, would it surprise you at all, Bob, if he got to 100 tomorrow night? No, no. They just came off a loss. He still had three points. It wouldn't surprise me at all if you popped off four tomorrow. All right, Elliot. I'll, I, I, and we're going to hit on the Rangers in a second, but I talked to Chris Snobloch a couple days ago. And yeah. when, when, when Leon won the MVP, he texted me and said, Connor's going to win the MVP next year and win the scoring race by 20 points. And then when, and then when the. Can you pick sch- my lottery numbers? How about this? Then when the schedule got announced that it was only 56 games, I said, Do you want to revise the point total? And he said, No, I'll stand by 20 points. That's what he said. He goes, you're going to see, he said, you're going to see stuff this year. He's going to have a full, he's had a full off season training. He's going to be on another level. You know, the the irony is Leon Dreisaitl is second and like McDavid has 30 more points than any player in any other team in the league. Okay. So Dreisaitl's second at 77 points. He still has his detractors in this market. It's unbelievable. Leon's plus. Dreisaitl. There's still people. Ah, Dreisaitl some... is the tractors in the oh, market. Oh yeah, he's still he's still got a few guys out there. He's really? not that. Oh yeah, he's leading Who the are league. These in... people. He's leading the league in plus minus. Ah, plus minus doesn't. So last year when he was a minus player, it counted. But now that he's leading the league in plus minus, it doesn't count. Uh, and he's benefited. Don't, don't, read, don't read Twitter, Bob. I'm just, I'm just, say, I'm just saying. Leon's had a pretty good year himself. He's almost at the exact same points per game percentage last year. And by the way, just, just on like I, Mitch Marner, Elliot, would you say Mitch Marner is going to be a top two right winger for Team Canada in the Olympics if we go? Oh, I, I would say so. All, yes. all, all day. What percentage of the time do you think Marner and Matthews have played together this year, five on five? Like what? What are you like? Like like, what is this radio free Edmonton? Like what? like what? What are we doing here? Like, no, no. All like, I'm saying I, is like, course, those guys are awesome. They They're awesome. They play together all the time. Eighty-seven percent of the time. Like, why, why? Why are you like? I don't like. I don't get this. Like, I, I don't understand this whole need to like prove that, oh, well, you know, Martyr and Matthews play together all the time, so it shouldn't be held against Dry- At this point in time, anybody who says that Leon Dreisaitl is not a great player is not worth anyone's time. There we go. Like, all right. there's, there's I love Martyr. I'm not even no, sure. That, I'm not, I'm not even sure Martyr's the... You're, I'm not even talking about Marner. I'm talking about Dreisaitl. Like, like, to me, there's certain opinions that people have that you know, you just it makes you just look at them and say, 
you know what? Like, I don't need this. Like, it's, you're not worth my time. And anybody who is putting out Leon Dreisaitl slander is not worth my time. He's a great player. He's one of the best players in the league. And, you know, I, I mean, if you don't think so, your opinion, but it just means your opinion isn't worth a lot to me. I don't understand Elliot. why we'd waste five minutes on a radio show debating whether or not Leon Dreisaitl is a good player. Like, it's insane. Mitch Marner might be the best right wing in the league. Just leave it at that. He's an incredible player. All right, here we go. Uh, switching focus since we brought up the Rangers. Did you see that coming? No. God, no. Um, no, I didn't. Um, I uh, And, you know, I think like a lot of people, when it first came down, I think we all kind of thought, okay, how does this tie into Tom Wilson and the team statement? And, you know, I don't think it did. Um, I, I think this, you know, James Dolan, if you saw the interview we did in the New York Post with Larry Brooks yesterday, uh, you know, it's, it's, he confirmed what we'd started to hear, that he'd been thinking about this for a while. Um, and uh, whatever it is, he felt the Rangers didn't have it. And uh, the time is now. I, I, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I didn't see it coming. Um, I, I'm still surprised about it. But, you know, I think the thing we learned is if you know anything about uh, either J- James Dolan or the NBA, he's had a wild, erratic, and impulsive ownership of the Knicks. And generally, he's left the Rangers alone. Um, and this, you know, if you're a Knicks fan or you're an NBA fan, you're used to this. This is not unusual for you. Uh, in the But in, you know, in... In the NHL, he generally hasn't done it. Now he did it. And, you know, I think, you know, from an Edmonton point of view, I do think Len Sather played a role. Um, you know, even though he doesn't have the same position he did before, he and James Dolan are tight. Uh, he has Dolan's ear. And I don't think it was a coincidence that he was part of the unveiling yesterday. I heard that Glenn was in New York about 10 days ago. And it all made sense at that point for me when I found that, that out. Sorry, who, sorry, who was? What? That, that Glenn was in New York City. Oh, uh, I see. Okay, yeah. Like, I would have thought that he would have been down in Palm Desert, right, Elliot? And the fact that yeah. he was – I found that to be interesting. All right, let's cut to the chase here on uh, what transpired on Monday. Uh, and, and full mm-hmm. disclosure, Elliot, my, I'll make it quick because this is about you. Uh, I say he should have been – Wilson should have been suspended and the Rangers should have responded immediately in the game. I'd like to get mm-hmm. your thoughts on that. Uh, what, should there have been a suspension of Tom Wilson? Yes. I just don't think that that's the kind of incident you want in the league. I, I felt that he could have realized, you know, it's something he, he actually had a availability this morning and he actually said that he recognized that there was not anybody on the ice who was really capable of fighting him. And which, which confirms my point of view is he just snapped. He lost control. He was, you know, mad in the game. He'd gotten a penalty that some people that he felt was chintzy. Uh, they'd taken him off the ice improperly on a line change. Uh, I think he was just frustrated and snapped. And, you know, we're lucky it wasn't worse with Panarin. And I think in a lot of ways, the only reason that Panarin's injury hasn't gotten more attention is the Rangers are out of the playoffs. So I do think they should have done something. I feel that way. Um, you know, the thing on Wednesday night, like, like the, the thing, in, it, it, it's tough because the Rangers aren't built to handle that, right? Um, you know, you know, it used to be Bob when we were growing up. Each team had five Tom Wilsons. Now there's barely five of them in the league, right? 
So it is a little different. It's it's a lot different, actually. But the thing on Wednesday, that game, you know, people were like, okay, the Rangers um, did that because they were mad Wilson wasn't suspended. Yeah, I agree with that to a point. But I also think it goes to what you just said there. For 48 hours, they were being called cowards and wimps. Like if somebody was calling me a coward to wimp for 48 straight hours, I'd go punch someone too. So um, I think that those two things are what kind of caused Wednesday to boil over. Uh, is part of the problem here that we have officials don't like dictating the outcome of the game. So that allows certain players to take advantage. And, and so Wilson sort of runs around with diplomatic immunity on the ice. And, oh, by the way, Washington's got maybe the biggest and toughest team in the entire league when you factor in guys like Chara, uh, you know, Anthony Mantha's a big – Brandon Dillon. You know what I'm Hathaway. Hathaway is a real good light heavy. So, like, is, is, is part of this that the league has to make a decision – Okay, we don't want we don't want fighting, and and Elliot, you know, there's no fighting in junior anymore. We don't want fighting. So, but we got to at least if if the players can't protect each other on the ice, we have to protect them with how we administer the game. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's true, and I and I I agree with that. And I, you know, Ryan Strom went out of his way to say that on Tuesday, right? So I think that's true. I like somewhere there should be an understanding that. You know, you can't do certain things, that there's a limit to what you can do in certain situations. And I just don't think that that was adhered to here. You know, sometimes, you know, I I do have to say this, Bob, I think the one thing the league has done with its uh, Department of Player Safety is it's a lot more predictable now in the sense that you can, there can be an incident during the game and you can reach out and you can say, okay, how does this compare to other things that have been seen? And they can give you a list of recent incidents and say, okay, here's, here's something that happened similar and here's what the punishment was. The, the thing that was interesting about Wilson in this year is I really believe that in the, when he got suspended seven games for Brennan Carlo, initially they weren't going to suspend him. Because if you look at the history of boarding, Bob, there's never been a boarding suspension like that. That was one where Carlo, you know, probably should have been able to see him. Um, it wasn't from behind. But they kind of interpreted their rules differently, and they found a way to suspend him. And so that was a little unpredictable from them. But if you look at what happened with Panarin, there's no history of any suspension for anything like that. Like, you don't see anything like that. And I think that they looked at it and said, well, we have no history for this. I think they should have done the same thing they did before, find a way. But I actually do think people say they're unpredictable. I don't think they're unpredictable. I think they're very predictable. And I think it goes down to, is there a history of that event causing suspensions? All right, staying in Washington for a second. If Jenny Kuznetsov, you referenced this in 31 Thoughts, what's happened with him in Washington? I don't I, – I think they're not happy with him. You know, like this story is weird. Um, you know, he, he was on the COVID list earlier this year. He was one of the four players that was named uh, when the Capitals were fine this season. Um, he admitted uh, later that he tested positive. And now he's on the COVID list again. Um, 
you know, I, I, I want to be careful because I don't know the answer yet, uh, but it's weird. Um, and there are a lot of rumors that they feel he doesn't make some great decisions. And I think they're getting a little frustrated with it, more than a little frustrated with it. And, you know, we'll see where this goes. I think if he comes back and has a monster playoffs, you know, it's kind of the way it is. Like, you, no matter what happens, if you had a big playoff in the year he won, they won the cup, he was unbelievable. You know, it was all sins kind of get forgiven, right? Yeah. But I think right now, um, going into the playoffs, I think there's an organization here that's frustrated with a player. All right. Uh, quick hitters. Shea Weber, what's the latest? You know, I had heard that he might be out for the season. But and if you saw him skate on Monday, he was—he's a righty. He was skating with a lefty stick and not using his left hand. But I was warned: never assume anything with him when it comes to injuries. He's always going to try to play. Okay, uh, Calgary and Vancouver. Uh, Calgary, I guess in theory the Flames could go five and zero. The Canadians could go zero and three down the stretch, and the Canadians, mm-hmm. Calgary could get in. Uh, from your perspective. Uh, what happens if the Flames miss, and what's going to happen in Vancouver? Well, I, I think it, I think the Flames are already looking at you know how are they going to change their lineup a bit. Um, that's something I don't think that's starting now. I think that's something they've been contemplating for a little bit of time. We'll see where we are, but um, I think the Flames are going to make some changes to their roster. You know, the Canucks, uh, Travis Green and, and the, the organization, I don't know how much negotiating has really gone on there. Um, I don't think they're anywhere near in the same ballpark as to what the expectations are salary-wise. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. But, um, you know, I, I think those are probably the, that's probably the biggest immediate decision that they have to make there. Elliot, great stuff. Thanks for coming on. All right, Bob, have a great weekend. And don't listen to anyone that gives you any dry title libel. Like, don't waste your time with that, okay, Bob? I'm trying to relieve, I'm trying to relieve the stress in your life. Oh, good stuff. Thanks a lot, Elliot. That's Elliot Freeman from right, NHL. Take care. From NHL Hockey and Rogers and the River Cree Resort Casino. It's 12.52 in Edmonton. When we come back in Oilers now, uh, we'll get to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Last night was a great night for Canada. And a couple interesting developments for potential uh, first-round draft choices of the Edmonton Oil Kings as well. And, uh, yeah, full uh, recap and preview and all that stuff in NHL today for Elite. And we'll also do our Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Glenn, I think it's Glenn. It actually says G Ken, but Glenn says, Bob, love having Elliot call you out on your useless questions. You need to get over yourself. That's one perspective. Jay in a foil hat says, poor Fridge. He just wants to see Matthews on the same level of McDavid so bad. Sorry, Elliot. Matthews is not even close. Just wait till McDavid decides he wants to win the Rocket Richard. Uh, he, the point I was going to make, just, just so listeners are aware of this, Leon Dreisaitl's played about 40% of his time five on five with Connor McDavid this year. And Austin Matthews has played 87% of his five on five minutes this season with Mitch Marner, who is a primary setup man, a terrific two way player, kills penalties, 
and may actually be every bit as good a player or close to as good as Matthews. I think we concede that Connor McDavid is on another level than Leon Drysettle. Drysettle won the MVP last year. But just think to yourself for a second here. How many points? And Toronto has a deeper and slightly better team than Edmonton at this time. Let's acknowledge that. They do have a deeper and better team. The orders aren't rolling with Tavares and Nylander in their second line. But theoretically, if McDavid and Drysaddle had played 87% of their time together five-on-five, five, like Matthews had with Marner this year, instead of 40%, would the lead be even more significant point-wise? What do you think? I don't know. It's an interesting one. But you know what? I, I, I do – like. The, the issue with uh, Dreisaitl isn't in Edmonton. There's the occasional fan that's not big on Dry. The issue is actually outside of Edmonton. And the point I was making is that in many respects, Leon Dreisaitl has had as good, if not better, of a year than last season. However, Connor McDavid has elevated to a ridiculous point. But that's the beauty. You're allowed to interpret things the way you want and uh, have some fun with it as well. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. We are going to, by the way, Elliot Friedman was our headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris is open for takeout and delivery through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Eltaf will take care of you at Roos Chris, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. All right, or until 10 p.m. Into, at this time, NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing, company-branded apparel, products, and awards, all created in-house. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brandon Escott. Seven games in the NHL tonight, all of them south of the border. Toronto will host Montreal tomorrow, as does Winnipeg, Ottawa. Uh, that's before Edmonton entertains Vancouver. 6.30, Chad's got the game, 8 p.m. puck drop. Canucks forward Zach McEwen has a hearing with the Department of Player Safety for kneeing Darnell Nurse. Well, he was in uh, somewhat of a vulnerable position last night, the play which led Nurse to sort of losing it there and taking a minor penalty. Sounds like Rick Tockett's tenure in Arizona is done at the conclusion of the season. That's per Darren Dreger. He's in his fourth season as head coach there. Bakersfield Condors hosting Colorado uh, tonight in the front half of a back-to-back San, uh, excuse me, San Diego in town tomorrow. Edmonton Oil Kings ended the regular season a 3-0 win over Medicine Hat, Sebastian Kosa securing his 14th or 14th, fourth shutout of the year, uh, dropping, uh, stopping all 29 shots. They are your Central Division champions, uh, 22-0-1 record. And then uh, the story last night, Bob, Dylan Gunther, Team Canada, winning the U18 World Hockey Championship, beating Russia 5-3, put him a perfect 7-0 or 7-0, yeah, 7-0 in the tournament. Canada's first gold there since 2013. Yeah, well, and again, the issue is Canada doesn't often get to send their best players because they're playing in Canadian Major Junior Playoffs. This was a year where Canada had the best players out of the WHL in Ontario, and they blew everybody out in the tournament. Awesome accomplishment. Gunther, I would say he's not now going to go in the top two. I believe that he'll go three through six in the draft. Uh, Sebastian Kose, I think, will go in the top 20 to 25. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Uh, Mark Spector, the president of the Miko Koskinen Fan Club, when we come back at Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.